0: Ghosts of Diet Culture Past. This is the Weight and Healthcare newsletter. If you appreciate the content here, please consider supporting the newsletter by subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. This is part one of a three-part end-of-the-year series that will discuss the past, present, and future of diet culture. A common refrain is that higher weight is linked to health issues. We've discussed before how, even if higher weight people do experience health issues more frequently, that wouldn't mean that higher weight causes the health issues, nor would it indicate that weight loss would decrease the risk. Another variable or variables could be what is causing the health issues, including weight cycling, weight stigma, and healthcare inequalities. Mistaking correlation between weight and health issues for causation is part of what creates a harmful, sometimes fatal cycle wherein the healthcare system creates weight cycling, weight stigma, and healthcare inequalities, then blames fat bodies for the negative outcomes that result, then uses those negative outcomes to justify more weight cycling, weight stigma, and access inequalities. But there are more layers to this. The focus of the healthcare profession is often on fat people's current habits. This leads to the experience of having not just our weight, but any health problem we have blamed on what they assume are our behaviors, and subsequently being told to eat less and exercise more by a doctor who didn't have any information about what we eat or how much we exercise, and who actually believes that this is likely to lead to significant long-term weight loss. Spoiler alert, it isn't. But beyond practicing stereotypes as medicine, this ignores the ways that fat people's past experiences with diet culture can impact us today. So as we are visited by the ghost of diet culture past, let's discuss specific experiences that have been foisted on fat people in the past that may impact our current health and for which our bodies will typically be blamed. Low-fat dieting The concept of low-fat dieting has been around since the 1940s and is still recommended and followed by some people, including healthcare practitioners today. But it had its heyday starting in the 1980s and 90s. This trend suggested that eating low-fat or fat-free foods would lead to weight loss. It saw a significant rise in low and no-fat versions of foods, everything from fat-free sour cream to the ubiquitous Snackwells products. There is not a single study suggesting that low-fat dieting actually leads to long-term significant weight loss. My question here, though, is about the harm. In addition to the harm of weight cycling, this seems like a way of eating that is custom-created to trigger and or exacerbate blood sugar issues for a couple reasons. First, because the low and no-fat products often had more sugar than the original product, and second, because fat helps mitigate blood sugar spikes. Well, there is nothing wrong with sugar. In someone with a predisposition to developing blood sugar dysregulation, eating more sugar or carbohydrates with less fat can create blood sugar spikes and increase that dysregulation. So when I hear that there is an increase in type 2 diabetes, I wonder how much of that is due to weight cycling and a history of low-fat dieting. Lack of insurance coverage. Prior to the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, health insurance companies in the United States were, in many circumstances, allowed to refuse to cover, quote, pre-existing conditions. One of those conditions was a high body mass index. This meant that insurance companies could simply refuse to offer health insurance to higher weight people. Of course, there are many people who still can't access health insurance in the state, which is inexcusable. But when it comes to fat people, we have to wonder how many health issues came from years of an inability to access basic care above and beyond the difficulties of accessing care that isn't rooted in weight stigma, as well as further difficulties for those who experience medical racism, transphobia, homophobia, and other marginalizations. Delayed care. Delays of care can cause misdiagnoses and worsened health issues and outcomes. The weight stigma here is amplified when outcomes between thin people and fat people are compared directly without taking into account that the thin people received ethical, evidence-based treatments immediately while fat people's care was delayed. Then, when fat people come back with more advanced health issues or negative outcomes, those are blamed on fat bodies rather than on the delay of care. Delays or outright denials of care can happen in several ways. A fat patient goes to the doctor to discuss specific symptoms or concerns, and the healthcare practitioner hijacks the appointment to talk about weight and weight loss. A fat patient is told that before they start medication or other treatment protocols that thin people would be given immediately, they must try to lose weight, delaying their care for an indeterminate amount of time, possibly forever. A fat person is denied a procedure due to BMI limits, a subject I'm working on an in-depth series about. After a long history of having their health issues denied in lieu of suggestions of weight loss and body shaming, fat people delay going to the doctor when new symptoms emerge because they've learned there is no point. The so-called obesity epidemic. We know that the most common outcome of intentional weight loss is short-term weight loss followed by total weight regain, with up to two-thirds gaining back more weight than they temporarily lost. Now, there's nothing wrong with being fatter getting fatter. The issue is that weight loss has been recommended to fat people for decades progressively earlier, more often and more aggressively, looking at you, very low-calorie diets, with research consistently showing that the most common outcome is weight regain. And the same people who are pushing intentional weight loss are hand-wringing about how people are fatter now than they were and suggesting that what we need is, wait for it, more and more aggressive intentional weight loss attempts. Claiming that fat people just existing in the world is an epidemic is pure weight stigma, but prescribing something that makes people fatter the majority of the time and then acting shocked that people are fatter is beyond ridiculous. This may have started off as a con perpetuated by the diet industry, but over time they have managed to recruit or dupe healthcare providers, researchers, and others who should absolutely know better into this sheer nonsense. The ghosts of diet culture past are still haunting us. They can hurt anybody, but they do the most harm to the highest weight people and those who have multiple marginalized identities. We should have done better then. We need to do better now. Did you find this newsletter helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future newsletters delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.